my dear respected elders, brothers, sisters, dear listeners, with what is going on in the world and on the macro scale, global scale, when we see of how much zulm and oppression is being poured out, then it definitely, not just from our religious point of view, but as a human being, we will not be able to see this being lashed out even on an animal. And rightfully so, when there have been protests, and rightfully so, when there have been voices screaming all around the world in unity against such transgression. But my question today is that are we hypocritical that when it is perpetrated on this scale of magnitude that every person, every organization, every community becomes united in calling out oppression as oppression. But then within our own small rounds, within our small communities, within our homes, are we not also guilty of some oppression? We cannot be hypocritical. If we stand up for justice, we stand up for the truth, we say with a loud voice, we are against transgression. We are against oppression. We are against zulm. Zulm in the hadith and the Quran stands for oppression. What is the meaning of zulm? Placing something other than where it belongs. Taking it out of where it belongs. So subhanallah, my head is supposed to be only making sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If I place my head other than anywhere other than for Allah, I'm making zulm. My loyalty is supposed to be for my wife. If my loyalty I'm and I'm committing infidelity. I'm making zulm. My time is supposed to be spent in a certain way. People have hukuk over it. My parents have a haq over me. I need to visit them. If I'm not doing that, I'm making zulm. So, wad'u shay' fi ghayri mahallihi. Placing something other than where it belongs. Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in the hadith, الظلم ظلمات يوم القيامة ظلم will be layers of darkness on the day of Qiyamah. Firstly, remember, many other actions will have one-sided effects. But when a person makes a zulm and he makes oppression, then that will immediately bite him in this world. It comes in a hadith, that when zulm is perpetrated against someone and this someone lifts up his hands in front of Allah then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says I will help you walaw ba'da heen even if it means after some time elapses so almost instantly in this world Allah ta'ala will bring the zalim 
to justice. Secondly, Allah speaks about the zalimin when they die. وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ أَيْدِيهِمْ The zalimin when they die, the malaika are waiting for them. You are the zalim. You done this to so and so. Because of you, so many people suffered. Come here, we are waiting for you. Then Allah speaks about them on the day of Qiyamah. And Allah speaks about them in Jahannam. So their downside, their fall, starts right in this world. You make zulam on people. In this world, your downfall starts. On Mot, the malaika are waiting for you. And of course, subhanAllah, on the day of Qiyamah and in Jahannam, may Allah Ta'ala protect us all. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, three people's du'as are so potent, not that anyone's du'as are not accepted, but there's a type of a system. You make a du'a, it goes, it waits in line, it gets its turn. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala you know, then tells the malaika how to accept it, in which form. But there are three du'as that sideline the entire system. It goes directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It goes directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it bangs on the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it pleads for attention. One is imamun adilun. A person who is just. A just ruler. Number two is the person who is fasting. The person who is fasting. And as he is fasting, subhanAllah, whilst he is fasting, he lifts up his hands in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he asks Allah ta'ala for anything before he breaks his fast. His dua is also potent. It goes directly, Allah is listening to it. And number three is the dua of the madloom. The dua of the madloom is the person whom, subhanAllah, someone done something wrong to him. Someone took his haqq. He's in pain. He doesn't have the capacity to fight back. Or he has the capacity but someone done wrong to him. And he picks up his hands and he asks Allah for help. That dua, it bangs on the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala says, I will immediately attend to you. There was once a lady. She was a widow. And of course she had a yatim child. A man came and he stole a chicken from her. She had one chicken in the farm. She would look after it, probably get some eggs from it. And that was all she had. She was so poor. The man took the chicken and ran away. In May, she picked up her hands and she just said, Oh Allah, I have been wrong. That's all. Instantly that man, what happened was when he picked up or pulled out the feathers of the chicken, it got stuck to his hands. They tried ripping it off. They were ripping his skin off. He came to the sheikh. Sheikh, you know what? I'm in this predicament. I don't know what to do. The sheikh said, you probably done something wrong to someone. He thought, he said, yes, of course, this chicken I took, it was actually, I just picked it up from somewhere. He said, bring that lady. The lady was brought. And subhanAllah, he said, until and unless you don't forgive him, this will not leave his hands or if you wish subhanallah then ask him for the price thereof and it was only on the forgiveness of this lady that 
Ultimately, this man was relieved of his pain. Zulum has an effect. Zulum can be to anyone. You can make zulum to Allah. When we call other than Allah, when our time is supposed to be in the masjid, but we're not there. When we need to read Quran every day, but we miss out. When Allah says, don't do sins, we do. This is all zulum. But that's our zulum to Allah. Zulum to our parents. We speak to our parents in a way not befitting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran al-Kareem, وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا Do not say uff to our parents. In other words, be gentle, be polite, don't scream, don't have an attitude with your parents. So if I am speaking to my parents how I wish, I pick up my tone, I can, subhanallah, belt them, then you are making zulam. My beloved, subhanallah, parents to their children make zulam. A man gave his son a gift. The Prophet asked him, did you give all your children? He said, no. He said, you have made zulam upon all your children. You give one, you need to give all. You can't favor one over the other. How we treat our children also, subhanallah, with respect, with love. The zulam. Many a time, from generation to generation, because my great-grandfather spoke to my grandfather in a certain way. So my grandfather speaks to my father in a certain way. So my father speaks to me in a certain way. This is a very notorious cycle. Because I have been brought, example I'm giving you, a person has been brought up in a certain way. All he knows is that way. He brings his children up in that way. But it is a cycle of zulam just going on from generation to generation. We have to break that cycle. What's wrong is wrong. Because my grandfather done it or my great-grandfather done it doesn't make it right. We have to look at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and what was the way of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in dealing with these issues. Sometimes as a parent you have to be strict. Sometimes as a parent you have to take responsibility. Sometimes of a parent you have to, subhanallah, discipline your children. But that does not mean we need to become a monster in their life and finish all their happiness. So zulam to parents also. Zulam to children also. My beloved, zulam to our employees. This is something that we take lightly. We feel that because we're paying someone, you know, some salary, we own them. You're paying someone's salary, you don't own them. You are just using the time that they are giving you for your work. It does not give us an upper hand, let alone an employee, a slave, which we own. We can sell them, we can buy them. The slave also, when Nabi Karim was passing away, Nabi Karim said to the Ummah, my last advice to you is be kind to your slaves. On the day of Arafat also, Nabi Karim reminded us that we need to be kind to our slaves. Why? Something we own, but you can't make zulm. The Prophet said, Everything and anything the animal kind does will be forgiven by Allah. 
because they are not taken to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by to task except zulm that even if a goat that has horns butts another goat that does not have horns on the day of qiyamah both goats will be resurrected and the one that was butted without that never have horns will be given a pair of horns and will be allowed to take retribution to the one that unfairly hurt him. If even in the animal kingdom Allah Ta'ala will bring justice, then imagine among the humankind. And remember, the zulm and oppression we do to Allah, still Allah will forgive. The Ramadans that come and go, the Hajj we go, the Umrah we go, we beg Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala overlooks, Allah forgives. But the zulm we do to one another, Allah, Rabbul Izzat, will not forgive us until and unless we do not forgive one another. My beloved, subhanallah, look at this. There was a man. He had a slave. And the slave came to him. And he got angry. He was very upset with the slave. He smacked the slave. The slave came to Allah subhanahu to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa The slave said, Ya Rasulallah, this man has done wrong to me. This man has smacked me. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked at her and said, Ain Allah, where's Allah? Meaning Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sussing out whether she's a believer or not. She looked in the skies and she said, Allah is up. She's a jahil, she's an ignorant person, she doesn't know you know, where is Allah? But to her understanding, she said, meaning in those days they would worship all the idols. So she said, I don't worship these idols. My Allah is there. On that, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told the man, free her. Free her. What? I own her. I paid so much money. I must free her because of one smack. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, if you don't free her, this will be a great, great, great Deficiency for you on the day of Qiyamah. The kafara is to free her. Nothing else. And the man was to free that slave for him to get forgiven by Allah because of one smack. If something which you own, you cannot smack, then we don't own each other. When I get married to my wife, she's a free lady. She doesn't become my possession. She's free. She's Amatullah. She's not some possession of mine that I control. She's rather, subhanAllah, someone free. She's someone's daughter also. She's someone's sister also. She's someone's mother also. Allah has granted her into my marriage because of his name. And how I respect Allah's name, I need to respect my spouse too. Brothers, it's appalling. It's appalling. Appalling is not the word. Wallahi, the type of ill treatments we are finding in our community. And that's why I get upset. That people can go out there and hold Palestinian flags and call out zulm upon Israel. But every day there's Israel at home. Every day there is Israel at home. There are people, subhanallah, 
where do I start what is happening in our community? This is zulm. That lady that is at home crying every day because her husband is a control freak. He controls her. She can't speak to who she wants to. I'm not saying we must not give guidance to our women folk. I'm not saying we must allow our women folk to go freely everywhere. But you're such a control freak that the woman can't even take a breath. You spy on her phone. You spy, subhanAllah, where she's going. You spy on every detail of hers. You make her life miserable. You scream at her. This is not taught to us by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is zulm. And you know why people like to control? Because they have insecurities within their own self. A man that has insecurity himself will doubt everyone around him. He will want to control everyone around him because he's insecure. If you can live together, alhamdulillah, if she's not the right woman and she's troubling you, then let her go and find someone better. But by no way you can make zulam on anyone. The Prophet clearly said, clearly said that Allah will come to the aid of a mazloom even if they are fajir. Fajir means the fasik, a wrongdoer, a bad person. But if someone makes zulam on them, then subhanallah, Allah will come to their aid against the other person. Umar radiallahu anhu said, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, how many a time people came to them, their own blood and kith and kin, and said, we want you to pass a verdict. But it happened so that the opposite person was a Jewish person. It was a person not of our community. They gave justice to whom it belonged to, not to whom they knew or not to whom subhanallah was closer to them. <clears throat> Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu one day came into the court of his own judge and a Jewish man stole a, a sword and a shield of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. Can Ali be lying? On face value I'll say Ali is true, take it and go. But justice is justice. Oh Ali, do you have any evidence it's yours? He said, I have my son and my slave to bear testimony. He said, in Islam, we don't accept the shahada and the witness of, a, of a, a son to the father because it could be tainted and of a slave for his master. Oh Ali, I'm sorry, as much as I know it's yours, but you don't have the evidence. He has it in his hands. Until you don't prove it's yours, I can't give it to you. <laughs> Subhanallah. The man was shocked. He said, the Qadi is giving... Verdict against his own Amir in favor of a Jewish man like me. I never ever see justice like this. Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Ali radiallahu anhu said, There's nothing more beloved to me than a man accepting Islam. In the battle, in the battle of Khaybar, Nabi Karim told me, Oh Ali, go. When I went, I said, Why should I fight them? Nabi said, If Allah Ta'ala gives one person Guidance on your hands, O oh Ali, it is better for you than red she-camels. The man said, if that is the case, wallahi, if that is the case, Ali radiallahu said, I gift this shield and this sword to him 
as a present because he became a Muslim. The man said, if that is the case, I will use the shield and the sword only to protect you, O Ali. Look, look, just look against their own. Alam Aurangzeb, rahmatullah he was one of the kings of India. He was a pious alim. Unfortunately, the British rewrote the history of India and they made these kings look very bad. But if you really go back and page back into the original manuscripts of Tariq, these were kings that were upright. Aurangzeb, Alamgir, rahmatullah someone came to him and this person, subhanallah, was a lady. She, her father had this little temple and they would worship. And one of the Muslim governors wanted to get married to her. And she was not interested. And the father said, I am, you know, a Hindu pundit. And I wouldn't allow a Muslim to get married to my daughter. But this man, because he was the governor, he felt he has free reign and he's very close to Alamgir. He went and he said, on this day, I want you to get ready and I'm coming to fetch you. And I'm going to take out the bara. I'm going to take out my, my, my bride from her home. So the father was very worried. The daughter said, allow me to go to Dili. And I will go and speak to Alamgir Aurangzeb. So she said, Agra, Agra, I'll go to Agra. So he said, that, what are you going to tell him? After all, it is his cousin. These people will not listen to you. Don't waste your time. So she said, just give me a chance. So she came. Alamgir Aurangzeb would not sit alone with women. So she disguised herself as a man. And when she came inside the room, she came near him and he said he would sit there and listen to the people. She said, I came here with a complaint. I'm from such and such a place. Your governor is there and he wants to forcefully marry me. He wants to take me out of my room and take me. So Alamgir Aurangzeb, rahmatullah, at that time, he said, Eh, Betty, oh my beloved daughter. Oh my beloved daughter, don't worry. I will be there on that date. So she went home. When she came back, after several weeks of travel, or several days of traveling, her father asked, what happened? He said, he told me, go back and I will be there. He began to laugh. He said, you believed it. The king is going to leave his throne and come here to a small little vicinity, a small village, and come to help you? Subhanallah, it happened so that on the day, this governor came, and the governor forcefully took this lady and put her on his carriage. The father was crying. He told his daughter, you see, nothing happened. And as this man was going, he was taking some dirhams and, you know, scattering it. Poor people were coming and taking it. One beggar came and said, give me also something. So he took it and he threw a dollar, what we'll say. And when the dollar came falling down, subhanallah, the faqir said, I don't want the dollar on the floor. I want it in my hand. So the man said, listen, it's my wedding. Don't spoil it. Take the dollar and move from here. He said, I want it in my hand. Whatever the currency was, dollar, rupee, whatever it was, gold coin. So he said, I want the dirham in my hand. So he said, if it was any other time, I would have smacked you. But since it's my wedding, never mind. And when he picked up the coin and gave it into his hand, he caught his hand and he pulled him with all force down. And when he opened his disguise, he was Alamgir Aurangzeb himself. He said, did I send you here to take the rights of people? To commit this zulm on this 
level of oppression. Subhanallah, I never send you for this. And then he took the man and had him tied to two elephants. And the elephants were made to go in opposite direction and he tore the man in half. This was his own cousin, but he set an example of justice. When the father seen this, he said, I never ever, subhanallah, expect such level of justice amongst the Muslims. He not only took the shahada, he made his temple into a masjid. And that's why today we know the Babari Masjid, that was the masjid there. They claim today that it was a temple and it was converted into a mosque. But it was not done forcefully. It was done by the pundit himself when he saw the justice of Islam. So my beloveds, the zulm that we are talking about is haram. My ustad himself, we're talking about 1993-1994. He went to the graveyard, subhanallah. And when he saw a grave, he actually saw the fire burning on top of the grave. One is the fire is inside. The fire was burning in the graveyard. There was just a fire coming out of a grave, non-stop. It was scary. Now normally you think, you know, maybe the indigenous people, they put some wood there, they're burning a fire. But as he went towards the grave, the fire enveloped inside the grave and it was normal again. As if Allah was giving him a sign. There was a board there, we followed the board, I was part of the, the team. We found the house, we went there, we spoke to the lady, she said, Subhanallah, my husband was very, very heavy-handed on me. He would make me cry every day. He would break things in the house. He would scream in the house. We can come out in public and give a very beautiful face to the community. But how we go on at home if that video has to be played in our community, where will we go and show our face? We're not scared for Allah. The zulumat on the day of Qiyamah. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa the lady said this, that we, we, we begged her, forgive, forgive, forgive. And then we explained to her, sadaqat was given. And then alhamdulillah, when we would go to that grave, everyone would go and read by that grave. What I'm trying to say is, that zulam is very bad. We go out and we speak against Palestine. We speak against the zulam of what the Israelis are doing. But is there zulam in my own house? How do I treat my children? How do I treat my my stepchildren. Many a times my own children are dear to my heart. But my stepchildren, subhanallah, I treat them very, very badly. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ummi Salma radiallahu anha came to him. And Ummi Salma radiallahu anhu said to him, Ya Rasulallah, I don't want to get married to you. I don't want to get married to you because, why? I have little children. What will happen to them? The Prophet said, Oh, Ummi Salma, they're not my children. But when I marry you, then your children are my children. There's no difference. Nabi took little Bashir and he put Bashir on his shoulder. He said, Your father after today is Muhammad. And he said that even Hassan and Hussein was envious of what great dealings the Prophet and love he had for Bashir. My beloved, this whole suluk, this whole way, the soul, suluk, finding Allah, it's based not on how much zikr you can make, not on how many Quran khatams you can make, not on how much sadaqah you can give. That is all there 
it's based on myself, me as myself, must not be a hindrance or any sort of trouble for anyone in life. I must be a happiness for people. I must bring happiness to my own family. I must bring happiness to my community. I must bring happiness to everyone. And even if people do me wrong, I will make sabr and patience and Allah will give me much, much, much more. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Inni harramtul zulma ala nafsi fakayfa I have made zulm haram upon myself. So how is it possible that I will make zulm halal for my makhluk? I have made it haram upon myself. So alhamdulillah, my beloveds, people will annoy us. People will trouble us all the time. That's our test. That is our test. How to alhamdulillah remedy our anger, how to contain ourselves, how to resist. And every corner there will be a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in the end of the day, that makes you special. That makes you unique. That makes you the follower of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If on the smallest trigger, I go crazy and I can scream and I can hit and I can call names and I can belittle my own. And in the end of the day, again, a small scratch from Hamas and made Israel go crazy. What's the difference between me and Israel? What's the difference? It's just they playing on a global and I'm playing on a small micro level. I must take that zulm out of my life and that zulm out of everything of me. I want to be peaceful like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I make one plea to everyone. Read the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Read the seerah of the Prophet The more you read the seerah, the stories of the Anbiya, you will understand. We are doing with the boys now the whole story of Musa salam every day in detail. Wallahi, what Musa never go through. But when you read the strength and the courage of the Anbiya, then you also, I mean, if you see the Quran itself, it has more than 134 mentions of Musa Why? Because Allah Ta'ala is giving conditioning and molding the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Oh, oh Muhammad, think about Musa. See, see, see what Musa done. See how much sabr and patience Musa had. See how Musa acted. Then the other day someone told me, Mufti Saf, you know what, we should move to Malaysia. Here in Melbourne, too much trouble. I said, if I go maybe to Malaysia and everyone see you, Assalamu Alaikum, Assalamu Alaikum, soft people, lot of food, mashallah, I'll become a Fir'aun. My head will go so high. Yeah, every day a problem, every day a difficulty, every hour a phone call you have to deal with. Maybe that is the islah that keeps you and the struggle that you have to go through to make you a true believer. We don't like difficulty. But difficulty is there to make us better. Difficulty is to make us stronger. Difficulty is there to make us higher by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why do we think we don't deserve anything? A person for 30 years will see the ni'mats of Allah You'll forget to make the shukr of Allah. On the 31st year when something happens to him, Shaykh, black magic. Shaykh, the big jinn came, the ifrit came. I don't know why my, why my life went wrong. Why things are not happening how I want. Brother, because you're not Allah. You are a servant of Allah. Allah regulates your life, not yourself. You can't expect everything to happen exactly how you expect. May Allah grant us to all tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.